0: And everyone else here knows that I can re-break your face faster than you could say Nia Jax. In fact, you, me, and everyone else here knows that I have the ability to kill you with my bare hands without even breaking a sweat. And the only thing stopping me is my decision not to. How long have you been the man, Becky? Because I've been a household name for a decade. Gotta learn something here, honey.
1: Any ring I step into,
0: his mind I own the
1: ground under my feet, and I'm gonna own you a WrestleMania. When Ryan's, when it's time to begin, it's on the Rewinder around with John Pollock and Waiting The 18 That makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's Rewinder Rock for Monday night. Download a Tuesday morning from the Post Wrestling site. It's Rewinder Rock. Monday night, on USA now, on the, John and Wei, the mic. Hello everybody, welcome to another energetic, fun, quick, fast, enlightening edition of Rewind Raw. I am your host, John Pollock, along with your other host, Wei Ting. How are you tonight, Wei? Doing well.
0: Doing very well. How are you? Is everyone ready? Is everyone seated? No, I'm standing actually. Are you standing? Yeah, I have a standing desk. Oh, that's right, you do. So you're not playing with us. I'm one of those guys.
1: How how is that for your back? It's great. Yeah. Do you ever have back pain, or do you feel that you're uh, very limber? Don't have really back issues.
0: Uh, yeah, not not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay. Way doesn't want to talk about back pain. I mean, I don't. I I don't really have anything to say about it. Oh, that's wonderful. That's that's a good thing. What about the snow today, Way?
1: There was a lot of it. Yeah. Do you know how much snow there was? Tell me. Previously, the record in Toronto, uh, according to Pearson Airport, was thirteen point four centimeters of snow in one given day. That happened in two thousand and nine. Do you want to guess how many centimeters we received today?
0: Um, fourteen.
1: Fourteen, you say? Sure. What if I told you twenty-two? Wow. Is that that an all-time record? Uh, According to their, their metrics at Pearson Airport, that was not just a new record, a shattering of the record. And it was a nightmare out in town today. It took me 90 minutes to get home for a trip that usually takes about 20.
0: Yeah, wow. Again, I'm very thankful on days like this that I have a job that I can do from home, most of the time at least. So I really didn't have to see much of it. So I'm very sorry that you did and anybody else who had to to suffer. I'm so sorry. And my concern
1: for everybody out there in this this cold weather, first of all, I encourage you, if you don't have to drive, don't. And this goes for those beyond the city of Toronto. This goes out to all of our friends in Sudbury, to uh, people in England, uh, anywhere in the world that gets snow. Be safe during this season.
0: Good advice, yes.
1: All right, we have lots to discuss. Lots coming up. Very uh, newsworthy edition of RAW to discuss. Uh, but first of all, where do you want to start, way in in our backyard of post wrestling? Let's talk a bit about what's coming up. Well, this week we have another full schedule of shows. Uh, it's going to kick off Tuesday. Well, actually, it's kicking off this minute with Rewind to Raw. But you already know that because you've downloaded the show. You are aware of what you're listening to. But Tuesday, we're back for more. We've got Rewind to SmackDown for the WWE's final night in Phoenix, which after tonight, I don't know what to expect from this crowd on Tuesday night when they're just at the end of it all. Plus, on Tuesday night, we will have another big edition of the Double Shot. Way, what do you have planned for Tuesday night's Double Shot for our cafe members it's a pretty busy double shot uh, i was looking at it yes there's quite a bit that's uh piled on here
0: well i'm uh looking forward to talking about the new chronicle that the wwe just released on page that aired uh recently as well they released after the rumble last night a 24 special on uh wrestlemania 34 which i'm sure we'll discuss of course total divas or i mean total bellas and uh, the latest edition of being the elite wow this is a this is a packed one uh
1: I always say time permitting. I'm going to try and keep it uh, quick, but I'm also going to go through the episode of Raw is War. Back when Raw meant war on February 21st of 2000. Why am I selecting this show? Because this Friday on Rewind Away, we are going to be tackling No Way Out 2000. So this was the go home Raw for that particular pay-per-view event, which was headlined by Triple H versus Cactus Jack in a Hell in a Cell with Cactus Jack's retirement looming in the balance. If he lost, I'm looking forward to rewatching that match for Friday. You know what was uh, this is my my giveaway on this RAW, but there's one line that was just crazy because Jerry Lawler and uh, Jim Ross are talking about Mick Foley and poss- possibly retiring on Sunday night, and Jim Ross says it's very young for a man that's only 34 years old to be retiring. I was like, my God, Mick Foley was 34 in 2000. When he was uh, going into this match. That's our age. That's our age. Wow. So anyway, all of that to come uh, this week. Plus, we've got the Cafe Hangout on Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That is live. If you're a double-double or higher member of the Cafe, you can listen live. You can also call in by Skype or by phone, as we have learned. We now have our own post-wrestling hotline to call into.
0: Exciting stuff. Very exciting. And uh, yeah, as John mentioned those shows are available to our patrons of the Post Wrestling Cafe, which is our Patreon. And uh, people can access those uh, bonuses and perks at patreon.com slash postwrestling or postwrestlingcafe.com. And in addition to receiving these bonus programs, we give away an item from the Post Wrestling store every single week. And seeing as how the weather is as bad as it is, let's stick with Tuke season. A little bit longer. So, John. All right. Let's get the, the drum roll. Are you ready, Way? I'm ready. I'm spinning. Do-do-do. What? What was that?
1: I was going for... The fuck? That came out like a text message sound effect, but a poor one.
0: Yeah, I didn't know what that was, so I'm still spinning, man. It's... <laughs> that. That's my digital sound. Uh, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> congratulations to andy papa Giorgio. wow andy papa georgio i'm not making that name up at all andy papa Giorgio. big papa Giorgio. it's <laughs> your hookup andy pa- actually way is your hookup i am i'm your hookup yes andy papa georgio congratulations to you you win a post wrestling toque from the po- post wrestling store store.postwrestling.com the home of all of our merchandise various shirts uh, more items to come more than you'll ever, ever need more to come at store.postwrestling.com. Andy, get in t- contact with me and, uh, let me know which two you'd like.
1: Holler. If you hear him, uh, we, we detoured there, but we also have, uh, this week just to round it out Thursday up next with Braden and Davy. Friday. We've got, uh, Two shows with Rewind Away that I mentioned for our patrons and a free show as WH Park is back. He's got lots to rant and rave about, probably a a whole January line of awful uh, gear to get us up to speed on. And then on the weekend, wait, you can't get rid of me. We're going to be chatting on Sunday about the two New Beginning cards that are going down this weekend. It is the two New Beginning in Sapporo cards. So we'll we be doing one show on Sunday uh, with highlights of the first night and then a, as well a rundown of Sunday's card.
0: Is that a, a cafe-exclusive exclu- show? Yes, it is. Got it. So I'm just uh, marking in the calendar. I had no idea, actually. I forgot yeah, about it. Yeah, I
1: actually had to search our email from several weeks ago to remember what we had planned for this. So okay. it's consistent with that. And then the weekend rounds out. Sunday night, Braden and Davey, uh, they are back. They are going to do a special bonus review on their feed of halftime heat that is going down uh, Sunday night during halftime of the Super Bowl. Wait, will you be watching any of the Super Bowl? Even
0: a minute of it? No, I won't. Um, okay. It's Chinese New Year, I believe. Oh. Or close okay. to it, so I'll be, I'll be probably doing, doing stuff surrounding that. Well, Happy New Year in advance. Well, thank you.
1: Then we've also got WrestleMania weekend. What can we uh, officially announce way for those that have been hitting us up and and asking for uh, any information? What can we disclose? You
0: can disclose everything.
1: Okay. Well, people have been asking if we are going to be doing a show WrestleMania weekend. The answer is yes. We are going to be doing a live Q&A show on Sunday, April the 7th. I'm making sure the date is right. Sunday, April the 7th. Uh, This is going to be happening in New York City. And the venue way that we are going to be occupying is.
0: What? Oh, are we announcing the venue? Oh, we are. Yeah, I thought you uh, I didn't have to pull this stuff up. I thought you were going to just announce it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, We we really should have uh, planned this This out. This is really a terrible uh, staged announcement. Uh,
1: Let me pull it up. Man, we're more throwing than Ronda Rousey <laughs> was tonight. I we are going to be either. live from the Broadway Comedy Club at 318 West 53rd Street in New York with a live Q&A show from noon to 1.30 p.m. And as well, a meet and greet immediately after from 1.30 to 2.30. And we'll have everybody out of there with lots of time to get to MetLife Stadium uh, where WrestleMania, this little show, is going to be taking place later that night. The Broadway Comedy
0: Club. We're really happy that we found this location because it's, I mean, the reason I think it took so long was because we were trying to pin down a location, but we're really glad we found this one at the Broadway Comedy Club. It's 318 West 53rd Street, which is uh, just steps away from Times Square. Um, And that means only a short distance away from Port Authority, where uh, I'm sure a lot of you will be commuting to in order to get to your buses to MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. So uh, I'm really looking forward to doing a show this year. Uh, and, and sort of an official one. We're actually going to sell tickets for this one, aren't we, John?
1: That is right. We are going to be putting tickets on sale. So uh, keep tuned to the website and our shows. Uh, we're not going to be doing a a Las Vegas uh, ticket announcement party. Uh, but we will be letting everybody know when tickets are on sale. But you can save the date, Sunday, April the 7th, noon till one thirty for the Q&A show. And then a meet and greet right afterwards where uh, you can hang out with us and... Just chill. You can do whatever you want. Meet, greet,
0: whatever you need. You can talk about the weather with us in person. Yeah, it might be
1: awful this time of the year in in New York, so we'll have have lots to discuss uh, with all of you. Mm -hmm. I'm very much looking forward to this. It is the official post-wrestling show at the Broadway Comedy Club.
0: What a hook. What a hook. Great job. Uh, More details to come uh, whenever tickets go on sale, so you will hear about that first right here.
1: All right. Uh, just a couple of news items. We don't have uh too much to talk about, but um a few additional producers making their way to the WWE. Uh, first it was a uh, Wrestling Inc. that reported uh, Shane Helms taking on a role uh, with the company, and then we had uh, One Wrestling reporting uh, first that Jeff Jarrett has taken a role. And man, the ever intriguing and just fascinating career of Jeff Jarrett. Another chapter is written. He is back in the family of the WWE, uh, went into the Hall of Fame last year, but now he is back for an official role with the company. I mean, this guy, what a what a career he has had, and it's brought him back to the WWE.
0: Yeah, I mean, at this point, I wouldn't rule out a return to TNA or Impact. You know, who knows? It seems like the, the man has, uh, he's a part of the Bullet Club. Uh, let's not forget about that um he's just kind of been able to dip his foot into every every little uh stream so good for him it seems like global he, uh, force gold remember that of course yeah seems like he has a wonderful relationship right now with the wwe and uh yeah, yeah i i would say like for me it's it's always interesting to to know exactly what the role of a producer is we hear that turn bounced around a lot we hear road agent bounced around a lot is he going to be putting together matches is he going to be uh you know producing backstage segments or is it a bit of everything
1: yeah, I mean, more will will come out, I'm sure, about the the exact uh, job description. But you know, they they seem to be stockpiling these roles. I mean, this follows the the additions of Sanjay Dutt and Abyss That I mean, very interesting about you know the the backgrounds. Like I've I've talked about the fact that uh, not necessarily saying these are direct uh, Paul Levesque decisions, but I think that the uh, Paul Levesque seeing the how. Kind of um I won't say instrumental, but certainly people that have come from TNA that have been success stories and especially a big amount of them in behind the scenes roles, I-, I think that the company sees as-, as great assets because of that being a great kind of a finishing school for what NXT is looking for and by extension by these ones as well, um, main roster positions as
0: well in behind the scenes roles. I guess so. I think it also maybe suggests that they are looking to ramp up production because I feel like we're hearing about a lot of hires and not necessarily a lot of people being let go, uh, obviously with the roster, but even behind the scenes. So uh, I wonder, you know, if 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 it's not necessarily just main roster stuff that somebody like a a Gregory (laughs) Shane Helms or uh, or Jeff Dirt might be working on.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if Shane Helms ever has to do any of those pull aparts and he has to be identified, will he revert back to Gregory? Can't have two Shanes. I wonder. We? Yeah, are we allowed to have two Shanes again?
0: Especially backstage,
1: how, how can they tell them apart? It, it'd be too difficult. I mean, one has a title and one doesn't anymore, but that that's about it.
0: Yeah. So. Well, they can anyway. tell by the punches, I guess. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that might the be the shadow be. box, and, it, and it's the guy with the better punches, of course. That that'll be Shane. Uh, Kenny Omega
1: did. Uh, you know, he's been very silent over the last while, but did this interview on TSN 1290 in Winnipeg today on the warm-up show with Andrew Patterson, and he was promoting the upcoming TSN documentary, and while he didn't shed too much light on his free agency, he did bring it up. He referred to himself as a free agent, and the fact that there he is seeking other opportunities out there— and said he's just kind of enjoying being off the grid at the moment. He does have non-wrestling projects, and he's also enjoying playing a lot of video games at the moment, but said that there are definitely going to be developments soon, and he is not going to be uh, gone for too much longer, it seems like. So, kind of uh, just an interesting look at uh, kind of where his head is at the moment, and this also connects with the new Being the Elite, where they introduced at the end of the show uh, that Kenny Omega's phone, They never mentioned Omega by name, but his phone has been found, and the phone is turned over with a countdown clock that leads up to the same day as the next All Elite Wrestling press conference that they're going to be holding in Las Vegas. So that seems to be adding up to what everyone is assuming is going to happen.
0: And that's the – that press conference is happening which day? February the 7th, I believe. Yes, which is – a Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, next yeah. Thursday, yeah. Well, yeah, on BTE though, uh they they didn't explicitly say that it was Kenny, you know. You no, he's it. never mentioned he was never seen, but it was, yeah, you know, the person whose phone was lost, which yeah. was one person. As far as you know being a free agent, I feel like this is kind of like the the loosest term of free agent that I don't know that I feel like we we've we've really seen cuz I I don't they, he hasn't really tried to hide it so much to the, the fact that He's very likely to sign with All Elite. Yeah, I think that's what everyone is expecting.
1: And I would imagine that there's not going to be anything said regarding his status until this countdown clock expires. And I I do feel that the Elite guys, they're very good with their surprises. And this being a bigger one, but also how they've been doing these independent appearances where they don't just show up unannounced. They do drop these hints so that people, the ones that are really focusing on this, can put two and two together. So you build that anticipation, and the fans want to see something, and then when it's paid off, there's a bigger reaction. And I think that's the best way to deliver surprises, as opposed
0: to it comes out of nowhere. And Are you saying for for our live Q&A, we shouldn't have announced it and instead maybe sent out a photo of, like, I don't know, um, Justin's cheesecake or yeah, we, magnolia bakery i don't know if we would have the chops to pull off
1: that that kind of a um a guessing game with with people but uh, juniors that I mean, that, juniors. that could have been an attempt yeah maybe maybe you you can book the surprises for the show maybe yes. we can get the, some surprise
0: entrance juniors is, is the cheese, cheesecake place everybody don't um fact check me please oh man there's a lot of that going on these days
1: Uh, But anyway, that's that's the latest on Kenny Omega. And yeah, that's those are the major news items that are going on at the moment. Will Ospreay dealing with a uh, broken toe, but he's not going to miss his match with Pac that's coming up later this month uh, for Revolution Pro. Uh, Anything else that uh, you wanted to touch upon before we got into Raw way?
0: Let's get into Raw.
1: Monday night from the Talking Stick Resort Arena. It was their third night in Phoenix with SmackDown still to come. And Seth Rollins started out the show. He came out, and he told the audience that he was going to outlast everyone at the Royal Rumble because of this. His t-shirt. He kept pointing to it. But then he clarified. It was his heart and his passion that won the Royal Rumble for him. And then he yelled, Seth freaking Rollins is going to the main
0: event of WrestleMania. Mm Mm-hmm. John Freakin' Pollock? what's What are you trying to say? There's something wrong with freaking? Freakin'.
1: He promised he wasn't going to do this, but this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance, so he points to the WrestleMania sign. So I'm glad that this has now evolved into just a complete joke on camera as well. Yeah. Amongst the performers. Yeah. And he starts talking about kids... That wanted to grow up to become astronauts or play in the Super Bowl. But he just wanted to point to this sign. And this dude
0: is nearly in tears. Not just point to the sign, but point to the sign and say that he was going to WrestleMania after winning the Royal Rumble. Specifically. Well, yeah, that's that's really the only thing. I'm sure yeah. he's pointed at the sign at some point. Um, Anybody I'm... can point at the sign. But to be, you know, uh, winning the Rumble and going to the main event and pointing the sign, that's the trifecta. You know what? After Remember the um, those... Uh, the 3D graphics they
1: had at the Royal Rumble and they use for the big shows now? Yeah, the augmented reality stuff, yeah. How crazy would it be if Rollins, here he is, you know, really emotional and he's pointing at the sign, and then the sign
0: points at Seth? Holy shit. That would be amazing. <laughs> like an arm comes out of the Holy sign shit. pointing down. <laughs> that would be fucking amazing. Are you high right now, John? Like, how, how, how'd you come up with that? Uh, because I'm trying to think of what, what is the next level of this sign that would really throw people. Dude, I think that's the way to go. The sign talks back to Seth. It says, like, the sign dreamt of pointing M- at Mr. Him. SFR yourself.
1: Mr. Freakin'. It's SFNR. SFNR. <laughs> so he says he can either challenge Daniel Bryan, everyone booed, or Brock Lesnar, but he's going to need time to decide. So out came Dad. Paul walks out to a huge NXT chant and says, I challenged you to bring back Seth Rollins. And he knows the dream. And Hunter has to turn around because he's getting emotional. Mm-hmm. And he even calls it out. This was a really tear jerking uh, segment. I mean, these
0: two were just about in tears with one another. I'll tell you what, like, I, it certainly felt genuine, felt very real. Like when Seth was getting to, you know, his, his words about, uh, living a, a childhood fantasy, probably avoiding the Royal Rumble, and then um, like you saw it on his face, and I guess Triple H was able to identify with it a lot when he started to get into it, because yeah, like it felt like he got off script. Uh, I mean, you know, broke character, quote unquote, a little bit, and and kind of got emotional with him. But like Triple H even started off his his uh, his uh, verbiage here with Seth by saying, commenting some uh, on the uh, what is it uh, the the sign pointing stuff, and it got a genuine laugh from seth rollins at the mention so something tells me that that might have been a bit of an ad lib but all in all like those felt like very genuine moments here
1: hunter said that the rumble is designed to push people to their limits to find the one and that one is seth rollins but now he must choose who he burns down and hunter said that becky is going to make her decision tomorrow but rollins needs to decide tonight and i'm thinking or else what he loses Does loses he lose his title match if he doesn't decide tonight
0: when Bro- has there been a a, ted- a deadline on this i mean this is a What's he's got to
1: strategize this is
0: a new era they have pro, uh promo photos to to print and everything They're trying oh to i organized. just
1: learned with the royal rumble card is subject to change and we can flip matches on a dime
0: well that is true but uh i don't know maybe they need to negotiate contracts what if brock's not going to be around He says that
1: Rollins has until the end of the night and that Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar will be here tonight. And before they can finish the segment, Dean Ambrose interrupts them and calls their father father son shtick cute. He says Hunter didn't believe in Seth and wanted to get rid of him when they were down in FCW, but Ambrose believed in him. And then Hunter brings up how Dean turned on Seth the night Roman announced he had leukemia did you remember that? I, I totally forgot about this. I'm glad Hunter brought this up.
0: Man. I, I still cringe anytime they just mention that word leukemia for some reason. It just, it, it to me, it just doesn't belong on a professional wrestling program unless, you know, outside of the moment that he actually described it himself, like uh, Roman Reigns. But I, I just, does not it just kind of gives me the shivers.
1: Yes. Uh, you know, in another era, they would probably have a heel named Luke that would be representing this disease Man. that was going to be carrying out this uh, the the wishes of Dean Ambrose.
0: Yeah.
1: So Dean calls Rollins a suck up, and referred to Hunter as Ch- as Chuckles. <laughs> I thought that was really funny, just like a a very out of left field uh, nickname for Hunter. Chuckles. I also noticed that you know he brought up the father the father son relationship of Hunter and Rollins, but seeing Hunter and Ambrose face to face with identical beards, these two
0: could pass as father and son. I mean there aren't a lot of beards in the w w e um I didn't particularly these, these are pretty precise replicas of one another Is they're very what, similar. Could you pick a beard out of a lineup? Could you play like the beard game? you think you'd do well? I don't know how I would do it that God like there's so many guys who have that same look you know like you put like just you know Drew McIntyre Seth Rollins Elias alone the three of Booker them? T had a beard he was sporting on the panel I guess they're in right now big beards and
1: then, and then you've got the other level like the Bryans and the Rowans and Harper yeah so maybe an interesting game for someone to design
0: That should be on the app. It was actually on the Edge and Christian show. They did like a facial hair game. Oh, and you have to guess the person. Yeah. It was difficult. Ambrose brought up that Rollins has
1: never been able to beat him, and he wants another match, and Hunter goes to the back, and Dean says, what, do you have to get your father-in-law's permission? And the crowd starts chanting, yes, he does. And this was the start of the crowd having
0: their own fun throughout the night. And felt very much like a post Mania crowd. I mean, on a smaller scale, but I think um, because it was a, a show as big as the Rumble in a stadium, I feel like you might have had elements of of that from uh, Travelers.
1: Yeah, how did you feel the crowd was throughout the night? Did you feel they were a detriment? Because I thought they added.
0: I thought they were great. Like I love yeah. those post Rumble, uh, post Mania crowds, and this crowd certainly, for many segments, added a great level of excitement that you don't typically see
1: yeah i I like the I, I thought all the the chanting and and what they did i I didn't think any of it was um malicious no. and i i I personally like when performers are throwing these curveballs and you've got to think on your feet that's a part of this job and you cannot dictate what 8000 people are going to chant at you and if it's not what's directed then you got to think on your feet and that's an asset all of these performers should have and yeah. they should relish crowds like this to get that experience because it's very rare it happens
0: I believe they also wrote a pretty good show that catered to like this crowd's desires there wasn't too much on the show or really anything on the show that this crowd had any reason to revolt against right
1: So the match is set up with Rollins and Ambrose after the break Rollins goes for the stomp early but Dean gets out of the way Um, Dean then runs him into the post and applies an STF. Ambrose then nails Rollins with a right hand after a suicide dive attempt, and then Ambrose hits him with the Dodon, clearly watching his Ryusuke Taguchi, uh, his influence. Rollins then lands a series of suicide dives, misses with the frog splash, and then lands the ripcord knee, buckle bomb, super kick, and stomp, which Dean Ambrose sold like he was the rock taking a stunner, and Rollins pinned him for the clean win. Dean is pissed afterward.
0: Uh, average match between the two. I thought it was solid for TV. You know, it, it was strong win for Rollins that pretty much put the the nail in, in the coffin in this feud and moves him onto the title picture. the The way Ambrose sold this stomp was <laughs> it was outrageous. a little much. It was like the way The Rock sold the stunner or any of like Shawn Michaels' uh, moves in the Hogan match. It was like. Uh, ridiculous and completely exaggerated, um, especially for that move, like a stomp, like he, this he traveled like a JFK bullet, man, like it was like defied the laws of physics completely. So I don't know, maybe like you can look into it however you'd like, but I thought it looked really ridiculous. Um, I but I I, I really enjoyed all this stuff with Rollins. I thought the celebratory promo at the beginning felt very emotional and felt real and. Uh, You know, uh, the win here just made him look strong. The only part that still kind of irks me is that Triple H is still being positioned as this babyface mentor all of a sudden to Seth Rollins. And it's clear to me from like some of those, you know, chants from this audience that this crowd by and large still doesn't buy that relationship. His turn was not explained. And he still has yet to earn the trust from this audience, at least in, the, in regards to this relationship with Seth Rollins.
1: Yeah, I, I think it is. More, at least there is the history between these two, and Ambrose kind of brought that up. That at one point, you know, Rollins was not looked upon as someone with a great attitude in FCW, and bringing that stuff up. That I feel it's more of a natural relationship than Vince McMahon and AJ Styles, for instance, where they were doing almost the same thing. But I'm just not a big fan of the constant seeking approval of. Paul Levesque, that is, is, is prevalent throughout all of this, especially with or a Vince. top babyface
0: like Seth. Yeah, or Vince, who's, who's got the same sure ball with, with uh,
1: AJ. Yeah, I, I think that there's a reason people get behind Becky because she's not that kind of uh, character that is looking for approval mm-hmm. from anybody and just subservient to anybody. So uh, I did like Dean's promo, though, at the beginning. I thought this was a, a better segment for him, mm-hmm. but he does feel like a character that they are... You know, if this was, you, you would have thought that a month or two ago, this could have been Seth's uh, pay-per-view match to carry him through WrestleMania. It was a Raw match that was given a couple minutes of setup, and that was it.
0: No reason to continue this. Yeah, uh, they took the belt off of Dean and just kind of, it seems like they're, they're largely relegating him to what looks like it could be an intergender feud
1: yeah let's get into that they came back from break and ambrose is seated in the ring and he goes to give a big speech and he's interrupted by naya jackson tamina who are in the next match and they confront dean and naya knocks him from behind to the floor and ambrose makes a fist at her as the crowd starts chanting let them fight and then he takes off
0: yeah so evidently you know all all the stuff with naya last night was just the beginning of what could be uh, a, a new push for her as an intergender wrestler. And I actually like it. Like, I, there was like a real energy and excitement to her being in the Rumble yesterday that I thought made that portion of that match quite memorable. Um, her versus Dean Ambrose, uh, I, I can't necessarily say I hate it. My only concern, of course, is whether or not Nia Jax, Jax can pull off the, the matches. Yeah,
1: so... You know, I have many thoughts on this, this Nia Jax deal that they're doing. So it's Nia Jax and Tamina against Alexa Bliss and Mickie James. And this is the first qualifying match for the women's elimination chamber match for the tag titles. So before the match, there's an insert promo with Alexa Bliss and Mickie James. And as of uh, a week ago, when Alexa Bliss made her big announcement that she's entering the Rumble and even her presence in the Rumble, I was taking her to be a babyface. And then in this segment, her and Mickey start uh, cutting a promo, and Mickey says that putting the tag titles on Nia Jax and Tamina is like putting lipstick on a pig. And Alexa laughs at this. And so the match starts, and I don't know what to think. Who are the heels here? Have we... Was that Nia Jax's babyface turn last night? No, not at all. At least I didn't... I don't know. I didn't take it to be. Okay, because I... I think you could argue either way because that line and the way this was positioned with Dean, you would think Nia was a baby face. But the way this match was laid out was all Alexa selling and working for the hot tag against the oversized heels that I I didn't know what, what role she's in at the moment unless they just are not even caring.
0: I think it it might be a bit of that. I think ultimately they're they're really kind trying to like stick with this you know shades of gray type of thing where the intent is to just create compelling rivalries and not necessarily heels or baby faces, which I guess is debatable whether or not that's that's effective. But like I just kind of simply went from like Nia's interaction with Becky as like you know to me uh, a clear sign that she's a heel, and of course this match as well. Um, yeah, Alexa I guess is somewhat interesting. You know she came back with a big baby face reaction, but. Uh, throughout and got a big,
1: big reaction on uh when she came out on Sunday
0: yeah, but that doesn't necessarily constitute, you know, her character being a babyface
1: well, Alexa got seated in the corner, and Naya hit the running hip attack, and then just does the, the Rikishi spot like, shoving her ass into Alexa Bliss and Renee then brought up that what Naya did last night was great for young girls and Corey Graves said it was inspiring hmm So that sounds like a baby face, right? The crowd is chanting RKO and bliss is selling for the two women. And then this builds up to the hot tag made to Mickey. And then Naya takes Mickey and Alexa onto her shoulders together, hits the double Samoan drop and pins Mickey James. So Tamina and Naya Jax are in the elimination chamber match together.
0: I thought a really impressive looking finish. I'm sure she's done that before, but it looked great here. Uh, the double Samoan drop, I thought a great deal of sl- sloppiness in this match between Tamina and Alexa. I didn't, I just kind of looked at this match as like a double heel match, you know, with one of them ultimately having to take the baby face role. And that was Alexa and, and Mickey here. I don't think it was as big of a deterrent as I thought this crowd got behind this match and all in all, like, I feel like Nia a, comes out of the rumble last night feeling like a bigger star. She she certainly has uh, something coming out of that, and it translated in front of
1: this crowd. I guess it's just ultimately where where you see her uh, beyond this, and and if it will last as well. I think that there's certainly a lot of value in Nia Jax as a heel to eventually go to that Becky Lynch match, which I think they've been smart to save because that's something you could go to after WrestleMania or just have in your back pocket because I feel people will be into that as more than just a – just random title match after Wrestlemania there's something attached to it that means more
0: could it possibly be Ambrose versus Nia Jax at Wrestlemania I don't throw
1: anything out I don't know what that was supposed to lead to I mean it was it was not done for no reason mm-hmm. that was clearly the thought that was left with people that it's at least going to be something that they follow up on I don't know if you could see that lasting till Wrestlemania but it was certainly thrown out there I don't know what to expect with Dean Ambrose He doesn't have any clear path for me coming out of the Royal Rumble. They interviewed Kurt Angle, and this was one of those weird backstage interviews that was interrupted by highlights. So Kurt had to take these unnatural pauses as though he's like daydreaming. (laughs) And they go through his highlights of being general manager and he blames Baron Corbin for losing his job. So then the interviewer mentions how he was humiliated against Drew McIntyre. So Kurt Angle just pauses. So we get the highlights of the match (laughs) And he says it's taken him a long time to get over that match. And Drew has also, uh, and it's also taken him a long time to get this match with Baron Corbin.
0: So Baron better be aware. Yeah, this was shot differently from like a lot of their other ones. This was like an over the shoulder. um, And yeah, like you said, uh, with a lot of B-roll. And I'm only speculating here, but what if it was done so that they could just have Kurt read lines one by one so that they could edit? With B-roll.
1: I don't know. I mean, we remember that promo from a few months back. That was an obvious read, and it was not good. Yeah,
0: maybe not. They could have, yeah. Maybe I'm thinking too deep into it.
1: So the story with Kurt Angle is, here's a guy that's trying to reclaim the past, and he's a broken-down legend that has nothing left, but believes he can have one last run. Mm -hmm. But he's just being outclassed. Yeah. So he has this match with Baron Corbin, and Corbin brings up all of his accolades of the past, winning a gold medal, breaking people's uh, ankles, and he thinks that he has one last run and match in him. It's not true, and the fans are not going to be there for you when I hurt you. And Angle just pops him with a right hand and then starts delivering a German suplex and follows with more. And this is when Michael Cole, Renee, and Corey start yelling about who was a worse general manager between these two. Michael Cole's argument was that raw had its worst ratings ever when Baron Corbin was the GM, but graves defended Corbin saying he inherited the mess created by Kurt angle. He was saying this show has been worse for way longer than you think, Michael Cole. It goes back more months. And as they were describing how awful raw was for all those months, uh, Angle hit an angle slam that Baron kicked out of. He applied the ankle lock. Baron broke out of that, and then he hit the deep six, and he pins Kurt Angle in three minutes and fifty-seven seconds.
0: Mm-hmm. Normally, I would blame Baron Corbin for a bad Baron Corbin match, but I thought Renee and Graves were unbearable here. They were just
1: Graves no. was like screaming at oh. one point at uh, Renee so that he could make his point.
0: I hate like, that. this is the worst. Yeah, I hate people. I hate that shit. And, and, like, I'm usually good at this point at, like, tu- tuning the announcers out, but I just couldn't hear. And, man, to me, they killed the experience of seeing this Kurt Angle match. In fairness, I didn't think it was much of a match. Um, We got four minutes here.
1: Afterwards, he hit Angle with the end of days. And, you know, I imagine that they're going to do this comeback with Kurt. I just don't know how much the audience is into it. Like he's been presented in such a way for so long that I don't even know if it's going to be all that uh great of a story or people will really back a comeback story with Kurt
0: if they're even going that way. I mean the um, I kind of read like today's stuff as potentially him teaming with Braun against Baron and Drew.
1: Yeah, I mean the angle we'll get into later does call for
0: a partner. Um, yeah. Then they I, recap I I do feel like they're they're building towards something. They're not just forgetting about angle. No, no. It's um Yeah, there's there's something there. Like making specific I, mention of that Drew McIntyre match tells me and like showing that Kurt's still haunted by it. Yeah. Tells me that they will have Kurt overcome it somehow.
1: Yeah. That to me though feels like a Like a three-week thing for Elimination Chamber. That doesn't seem like anything bigger than what it is. We'll see. They recapped Lesnar and Balor from the night before, and Balor came out in his street clothes. He said he went toe-to-toe with Lesnar, and Lesnar beat him. And then Lesnar beat him again. And he's never seen speed and power like that before. He's hurt today, and he made Brock Lesnar believe. I don't know in what. Bobby Lashley interrupted him with Leo Rush, and... Leo Rush, I thought this was a very funny line coming from Leo Rush. He called it a disgrace that a twerp like Finn Balor got a chance against Brock Lesnar. I think, considering the source, I thought that was a great line. He says that you almost beat Lesnar, but you would not have a chance against Bobby Lashley, who is bigger, faster, and stronger than Lesnar ever will be. And Balor mentions, well, I lasted longer than the 12 seconds you were in the Royal Rumble. So Lashley beat the hell out of Balor, choke slammed him multiple times, and left Finn for dead. Second night in a row,
0: Phoenix has not been kind to Finn Balor. No, unfortunately. Uh, I I think coming off of you know that Brock Lesnar match, what that was very well received despite the loss. I think I expected something you know bigger for Finn Balor. I'm not terribly interested in a Bobby Lashley feud. I feel like I've just seen it. Have I not? Did this or did this not happen? A match or something. I'm sure we've seen this combination uh, this, on television this crop, several times. Yeah, this crop of like raw, like upper mid carders feels like they're so interchangeable between him, Elias, Bobby Lashley, uh, uh, even Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler. You throw all those guys in that mix, and I feel like I've already seen this match. But anyway, I guess there aren't too many pick, picks to choose from. Uh, I didn't hate the the way they they built it here. You know, the crowd was certainly behind Finn Balor at the end. They, are,
1: they re-aired the halftime heat spot. I think this is a really good commercial. It's funny. They're poking fun at the NFL and their halftime and show. Maroon,
0: and Maroon 5. And Maroon
1: 5, which is the easiest group in the world to make fun of. And then you splice it in with these awesome ricochet highlights. And I just think it's a really well-done commercial. I think that if you were to watch this, this, this sounds like something cool. And coming off last night's 18,000-hour show to tune in for 20 minutes... What what a great time ask of people yeah. did they, Just twenty minutes did they did they mention where it was taking place is it is the piece no they have not stated where they have mentioned that though they have mentioned the word live uh, but they have not said the performance
0: center okay awesome I love it I think it's great promo
1: I, I think this is a really good idea uh, mm-hmm. this weekend you've got that Worlds Collide tournament on Saturday and then this on Sunday um, which you don't need the WWE Network for halftime heat you do for the tournament. But I think that's the kind of stuff that you should be pushing people towards. And I, th- I think both have been, um, you know, interesting elements to add to the network this weekend.
0: It's great exposure for those guys that'll be on that in that match. Yes, the revival took on Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins.
1: They showed some highlights from a decade ago of the the major brothers, and then their uh, their switch as the Edgeheads. Hawkins got the hot tag, fired up Dawson, then knocked Ryder off the apron turned round into an inside cradle for a two count by Hawkins. They were teasing the idea Hawkins could end his losing streak, but alas, Wilder was tagged shatter machine and they pinned Hawkins in two fifty two.
0: Very short TV match, but I thought really quick paced and technically solid. I like Ryder and Hawkins as a reunited tag team. I I think the little bit of a video package that they put together was very brief, but automatically made me a lot more interested knowing that there was a history between these two. I think, I feel like the gimmick might be building up towards Hawkins finally snapping his losing streak, maybe at WrestleMania.
1: Oh, wow. And then Michael Cole can repeat his most famous line ever. The streak is over. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. They actually should have done that last year when they were in the same stadium. Oh, yeah. Where the streak ended. Yeah. Um. Nothing with Razor on the show. No follow-up to that. Well, they lost, didn't they? Yeah, they lost their non-title match. Oh, man. Yeah. What a what a strange idea or concept. Charlie was backstage with Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan, and Daniel Bryan's uh, brand-new shiner under his left eye. Yeah.
0: The, o- the other member of his new stable.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that uh, some people were looking at the... Uh, The crowd's reaction is a black eye on that show, but a literal one for Brian. I enjoyed this because I didn't even hear the question, but I love that Brian called this uh, question out for its ridiculous nature, and I didn't even have to rewind to know. I'm sure it was a stupid question. He says that he would have beaten AJ Styles regardless last night of Eric Rowan, and Seth Rollins celebrates air pollution and wanton destruction when he says, burn it down. And uh, he's going to end the WrestleMania hopes of Seth Rollins tonight, uh, which he did not. This was like our only appearance of Daniel Bryan on this show, so I'm glad he wasn't flowing to a new city just for this appearance. He was here in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it Does are him and Brie now back in Phoenix? I can't keep up with uh their their residence. I guess I guess from
0: Total Bellas, at least when that was filmed, they were still in L.A in the like up I haven't seen Sunday yet so I I don't know but um the, I'll t- uh, just to update update everybody so they moved to California to be with Nikki post breakup oh. uh, and now that Nikki has decided to leave San Diego and uh wait let me th- leave somewhere she's moving to San Diego I guess no she's moving to LA okay I'm, okay. I'm I might be screwing it up but uh, basically Nikki's looking to move away from the family now. So now Bree and Brian are like, why are we still here? We came here for for her and now she's leaving somewhere else. So they could be back in Phoenix right now. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm kind of interested to see, I, I was wondering if this would
1: be the case on Sunday, but more so for SmackDown on Tuesday, you have Daniel Bryan who does have a home in Phoenix and he's been so entertaining with all of these like local interviews that he's been doing then I almost wonder at like, are we getting to the point now where this character is going to start to get cheered? Because Phoenix would be a place that, especially this crowd tonight, that I I could have seen that that shift begin, or at least uh, a crowd that could have been very pro Daniel Bryan.
0: Possible, yeah. I mean, he he like those promos, these promos that he's been cutting are like making people laugh in the same way that you know, like you look at a, an Elias or even like. Yeah, like the great heels that uh, that end up being turned because of, of how entertaining they are. But knowing, like, Brian, I think he'll try to make it his mission to try to get booed, you know?
1: I hope he has some ridiculously expensive entrance at WrestleMania that he's protesting as he goes down to the ring. Like, you could have a lot of fun with this guy's character mm-hmm. for a big WrestleMania entrance.
0: He hasn't really proven himself to be a hypocrite yet, you know, in any of his promos. Like... Like, being the ironic uh, environmentalist who ends up, you know, flying private jets and whatnot.
1: Well, AJ did point out he did fly to SmackDown a few weeks ago. Right. Elias is in the ring. And Elias is now a heel, we learned. Yeah. He says that they should be giving him a standing ovation. This was so funny. Like, this was his turn. And every heel line he went to deliver the audience cheered him for he they gave him a standing ovation after he demanded one he demands that there be more signs for him he yells that you are in the presence of greatness they they agree and then he announces it's too late so they start chanting we're not worthy <laughs> and he agrees with that too and then finally he says he's no longer going to write them any songs his songs are for him and here was a guy that i think really loves These kinds of scenarios, and he's always very calm, and, you know, he never seems to panic, but this was a crowd that just was not going to hate this guy, and he had to really
0: work hard to achieve that reaction. Whether or not, you know, if, if the reaction he received tonight was the intended reaction, I think everybody could agree that we're far happier that this Elias is back than the other guy. Right. Agreed. The other the babyface Elias, the guy who was pandering or writing songs for the audience, he never received the types of reactions that, you know, that that uh, Seattle, if you remember that. Um, I think there's a real electricity to that character that was completely missing when he tried to be a babyface. So he'll probably end up being a far bigger babyface just by being a heel. So he keeps going, and then we hear Jeff Jarrett's music again.
1: Our our newest addition to the WWE. He comes out and he's coming out with that that cow jacket of his from the Hall of Fame, and calls him slap nuts. So we're up to uh, two thousand. Jeff Jarrett here. Um, Elias has a problem with him uh, after breaking the guitar over his back. Jarrett does the whole same thing, spelling out his name. Uh, but he's not in his ridiculous outfit. He's dressed all in black and looked to be twenty years younger than he was on Sunday night.
0: It was it- amazing
1: how different he looked, and it just in all black. <sighs>
0: I think it's tough for anybody to pull off um, silver uh, (laughs) suspenders and spandex. Well, poor man had to do that on on Sunday.
1: So he's out, and then the road dog comes out wearing a Becky Lynch t-shirt. He tells Elias to play with himself on his own time and then tells him to suck it. And then the crowd starts chanting, holy shit and Road Dog tries to calm it by saying this is a family show which only allowed the fans to chant it even louder which he noted but then Road Dog said that him and Jared are here to sing so they start doing with my baby tonight including putting Renee on the spot where she just blanked and had no words to to share and it led to Elias breaking the guitar over Road Dog Jared attacked him and fought him big reaction to his punches but then he got the guitar and Elias broke it over Jarrett's back, and Elias stood tall. I thought Jarrett was great in this segment, I thought Road Dogg was great, and I thought Elias was great.
0: I really enjoyed it. I thought this was a lot of fun, and a great deal of fan service to, you know, uh, people who have been watching for all that time. A uh, great bit of nostalgia. It, I think in hindsight, it really is amazing what sort of comeback that song with My Baby Tonight has made over the past several years, and I attribute it all to Conrad and... and and Bruce Pritchard and their podcast, because this thing's just like Jared's been riding this wave for like ever since the Hall of Fame, and uh WWE's been taking full advantage of it. I thought Road Dog like came out here and was just like felt like a a man who's deeply involved with this product and, and probably works uh with a lot of talent every single week. He felt like incredibly seasoned and full of energy, smooth off the cuff. So all in all, I thought it was a lot of fun, a very welcome inclusion in this three hour show.
1: Yeah, I, I thought Road Dog very good promo. I thought both nights Jarrett was great on the microphone. I think that if you were to utilize this guy in, in a talking role, he'd be very effective. And, what, what would you, you have? Know, him? Got over both nights, what would you
0: have him do? You think?
1: Uh I mean, there's just there's so many authority figures. That's the last thing you need. So I, I don't I don't see a gap for him uh, to to enter at the moment. But you know, he's someone he's you know very very good talker. And it never hurts to have uh, an abundance of them. Yeah, we'll see. Natalia's warming up backstage with her new partner, Dana Brooke. They explain that Ember Moon was hurt, so Dana Brooke is taking her place and says she won't let Natalia down and says, I'm just as good as Ember Moon and then says, I'm better than Ember Moon and I'm better than you.
0: And Natalia said, cool. (laughs) Let's go. <laughs> it was a bit awkward how they just kind of walked off as if everything was okay after those lines. Um, Do you know the extent of like, Ember's injury? If, the, if I, I have not heard
1: if that was real or not.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: then we had one of the most bizarre segments on the show. Mojo Raleigh is in a dark room, and we don't know who he's talking to. But whoever he's talking to, he has a lot of blame to place on you. And he blames this mystery person for this mess. I am the best combination of size, strength, speed, and intelligence. And everyone thinks that I'm a nobody because of you. The cameraman shooting this. And it's revealed he's staring into a mirror. Yeah. He's going to feud with himself.
0: I'd love to see that match. <laughs> mojo versus himself hey if they're doing if they're if they're if they've accepted
1: intergender wrestling maybe the next thing is you know watching some some matches where guys have had to have matches either with <laughs> blow-up dolls or even with themselves i mean al snow did that once with a hardcore match with himself maybe that's what they're going here with, who, with mojo who ended up winning that one al snow won and lost yeah um
0: you know, if he, maybe, it featured him moonsaulting off the top through a table. And did he sell it after, I guess? How what did how did the finish occur?
1: Go 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 watch this match over the next twenty four hours. Oh Just I, I think it was in Toronto, to be honest with you. It's Al Snow having a hardcore match with himself. Right. On on Raw. Okay.
0: Listen, I'll say I think Mojo Raleigh is is actually very talented. I think he's uh underutilized in at least in this respect. Um, he, I thought this was really interesting. It was full of intensity, but something about him just seems to never be able to take off. I don't know if it's perhaps the kind of a generic in-ring style. Maybe it's a generic look. Um, but I think they see enough talent in his promo ability to continue to give him chances like this. We'll see if he finds more success this time.
1: Italian Dana Brooke versus Lib Morgan and Sarah, Sarah Logan. This was another qualifying match for the elimination chamber. They double team Brooke. Logan lifted her up. Morgan came off the turnbuckle, and then an insiguri led to Natalia being tagged in. She applied the Sharpshooter. Ruby Riot got onto the apron. She wasn't part of the match, and then Brooke goes for Ruby, and this allows Logan to shove Brooke into Natalia, breaking up the Sharpshooter. And Liv Morgan rolls up Natalia in two fifty one. Dana is very apologetic afterwards, and Natalia just is annoyed and walks away without her. So Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan added to the Elimination
0: Chamber match. And it looks like this was done to set up something between Natalia and Dana.
1: Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah. So Natalia will not be in this match.
0: Nope.
1: The open challenge segment.
0: What's Ronda this Was this built as an open challenge?
1: They did promote it as an open challenge. Okay, cool. Yes. Ronda comes out, and this is when the crowd really goes to another level. All they want to do is chant for Becky. And Rhonda has her promo that she's got to deliver and seems very thrown by this. She starts her promo by saying, If you can't dream big and ridiculous dreams, what's the point of dreaming anyway? And they are booing her. They are booing dreaming. And Rhonda is dreaming of being at home and not in front of this crowd. She said she dreamed big to become Raw Women's Champion. And she goes to thank Sasha Banks. That gets booed. And. Rhonda is so thrown. That she tries to give. Like an obviously serious line. And she bursts out laughing. And admits. You made me stutter. And I'm thinking wow. We are watching this woman crumble here on this microphone. And then she shifts her focus to WrestleMania. And Becky Lynch. And she's trying to handle this as well as she can. But. She's just throwing. And then all of a sudden, Bailey's music plays. And she comes out. This is before the challenge is even issued by Rhonda. Yeah. So that's, and, what,
0: that's, what, was, that's what
1: I was thrown by. Yes. And it, it was obvious because Bailey cuts her promo. And then Michael Cole has to finish Ronda's promo as she's walking to the ring and get everyone up to speed on what Rhonda couldn't finish in the promo. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a real mess.
0: Well, they clear, yeah, I mean, they clearly saw that Ronda was was kind of struggling out there and decided to end the segment or at least end, cut off her lines abruptly by just having... Not the wrong call. There. Not the wrong call at all. And, and by the end of it, I think it didn't matter because this crowd said everything that they needed Ronda to say. The idea behind this whole thing is to just promote... Becky versus Rhonda and this crowd did all the work they needed to for them so i I certainly can't call this a failure failure even if Rhonda didn't get all of her lines out
1: no all of this paid off at the end um with, with that segment but you know we talked about this last week of how much Rhonda is given and here she had to do this promo and then we weren't aware of it then she had an even bigger promo to do afterwards and I think you have to understand that the you're throwing a lot at her and you know throw in the fact that the, there was this crowd reaction to it as well um i just think it's a lot you're th- you're throwing at this woman on live television
0: she's got a leading role she she's the lead right now at least in in the division and that unfortunately calls for a great deal of dialogue her on almost every episode um you know considering i think she's done a tremendous job but i mean you certainly get to see uh when it's bad it gets really bad but it's uh, you have never seen a more clear example
1: of an overly scripted promo that she's trying to memorize and a passionate promo that I mean it was night and day these two deliveries
0: mm. from Ronda Rousey. It's a great deal of variance with with Ronda. Um, and yeah, it's kind of un- unpredictable. But the one that she needed to nail, she did. So
1: Ronda and Bailey have their match, and Rousey goes for the Suzuki armbar gets booed for that. And then Rousey tries to pop out of the corner and springs off the top. And the announcers believe that her arm gave out because that's what she was selling at the rumble match. But then Ronda, her arm is kind of limp, but then she starts selling the knee and the announcers are thrown by this. And throughout the match, Ronda would be selling the knee and then she stopped with the knee and focused more on the arm. Well, it's possible to have two injured body parts. It is possible. I would say for the layout of a match, this overly complicated things. And I think the announcers very much made that clear that they didn't even know what they were calling. Yeah, perhaps. Bailey was working on the leg, though. Bailey was working on the leg. um, And then later, the arm would come into things. Um, You know, they're telling this story that Rousey is just beaten down from this match on Sunday. Graves is bringing up the altitude. Bailey then applies a knee bar. They both roll to the floor. And then Bailey, at one point, she's... uh, Rhonda's in the corner, and Bailey's, like, summoning her to come out of the corner. And she doesn't. So Bailey just ends up going into the corner. There's a top rope elbow. Bank statement by Sasha... uh, Sorry, by Bailey. uh, Onto Rhonda. Gets to the ropes. And then Rhonda flips her off of the turnbuckle into the armbar, getting the tap. And then afterwards, Rousey helps her up. They shake hands. And before we get to the next segment,
0: what did you think of this match? I thought this was a great match. And it came out of nowhere. I think, first of all, you know, Ronda, to me, uh, Ronda versus any of the four horsewomen should be a heavily promoted match. Not something you just do in an open challenge setting. But the fact that they went this way without any build, just in an open challenge, I think either tells you perhaps what they think of Bailey, or more likely maybe something to the rumors of her potentially not being around too often for her to have these big profile matches but i thought it was an excellent match to me it had like all the excitement of the sasha match it was much shorter obviously there were a lot of commercial breaks so i don't think you could really compare the two but like sasha i think this was bailey's best match in a long long time the back and forth was wonderful um i wasn't as bothered by maybe the the confusion of the body part although i could understand um, And I love the finish that 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 jumping like run up the corners into that beautiful, beautiful armbar transition again like her transition from her judo influence to uh, her pro wrestling repertoire is so incredible and to me shows a great deal of creativity in her ability to to mend the two something that other pro wrestlers simply aren't able to do at her level. So I thought all that was great. All right. I I
1: thought this match was just, I just felt these two were on very different pages throughout this match, and I just had a hard time getting into it, because I just felt that Ronda was just, it, it almost felt to me like she was kind of thrown off at the beginning, and it kind of just permeated into the match as well. I didn't really have much uh, issue with Bailey; I thought she was fine in this, but I I really sensed in this match that this was Bailey kind of trying to quarterback and keep this match together uh, throughout parts. And you're right about the finish. I thought that the the finish looked very good at the end. And not doing the, uh, I thought for sure they were going to do another four-horse women spot with uh, Bailey at the end of this. Like, it seemed to be primed for that, but they didn't do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe it was just something they did last night just uh, impromptu, you know? Hmm. If, 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 if it's like I on the schedule I just don't know where they would be able to fit that in you'd have to call the other three up and we know that the other two of them aren't ready yet so maybe it just it's not supposed to lead anywhere so then Becky Lynch's music hits
1: and this place goes nuts she comes out and she's limping she can barely move with selling the knee injury from Sunday and she gets into the ring and she told Ronnie, that she would find a way back to her. She's heard about this baddest woman on the planet moniker for a year. And and uh, the last time she was here, she dropped Ronda Rousey. And Rousey never came after her to prove who was the baddest. So I've come to prove that you aren't. And unlike Seth Rollins, she doesn't need much time. She's picking Ronda Rousey. And I'm going to kick your ass. And then Rousey responds. She asks Becky, how's your leg? Because I want to beat the best version of Becky Lynch that has ever existed. And I could re-break your face faster than you could say Nia Jax. I could kill you with my bare hands. <laughs> Maybe my favorite line of the year. Because it's believable. Like, it's totally believable. It, this and is, it, this it, it is, was delivered with such conviction. And this... I love this promo. This I thought this is promo like, was fantastic. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, I guess it's one thing for like uh I don't know, Brian, Daniel Bryan to say a line like that, but like knowing this was Ronda Rousey, former UFC women's champion, a man, a woman who like is basically like a trained assassin, you know? Like we we it's it's a believable line. So Ronda, I had no idea where this came from. Like this past year Ronda on the mic has certainly been a mixed bag and we've seen the best and worst of it as as recently as the beginning Tonight. of this segment yeah but here in this exchange when it really mattered she sounded like a seasoned pro those boos were were just as loud as they were at the beginning if not louder and yet she just like soldiered through her lines and not just delivered them but delivered them with the passion and intensity that you would really only expect from like people who have been doing this for a long long time it made me so excited for this match, so much more excited than I already was. And it just, it, I, I had chills. I thought this was an excellent segment. She
1: said that we are the same age. And when Becky was training, I was headlining events for a company that didn't even want to have women's fighters. And last year, Becky Lynch was on the kickoff show while I was stealing the show at WrestleMania. I've been a household name for a decade. And any ring I step into, I own. And I will own you at WrestleMania. This was just a money
0: promo. And at the end of this, this felt like the main event for WrestleMania. Completely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we haven't watched SmackDown yet. But at least from this interaction, it really feels like they're going ahead with this one-on-one match. I just don't see how Charlotte could really fit in. And I don't know what she would add to this feud.
1: Well, I mean, it's... We have months to go until WrestleMania, so I, I wouldn't take this as you know indicative of a of a change in, in plans. But we'll have to see what they do with Charlotte because you do have a lot of time before WrestleMania. But I'm with you watching
0: this segment. Like this feels like a really really big match. Like you, man. It's 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 not often they come into like the magic of a rivalry P- time perfectly for WrestleMania. Like in in their entire history. You know, and I feel like if they don't capitalize on it with a strong one on one match, I kind of feel like it would be a mistake. But yeah, you know what? At this point, even like these two are so strong. Charlotte's been doing a great job too. They could make an interesting three way, but do they need to? I don't think so. Why? Yeah. I
1: I know it's not the best comparison and people are gonna, you know, think I'm I'm overstating it, but like this kind of had the feel of like in nineteen ninety eight when Steve Austin was really about to take off and you had Mike Tyson come in, had they been able to do that match oh and Tyson God. was a great promo? Like that's kind of what the vibe is that they've got here totally. with Rousey as this legitimate fighter people believe in against this kick-ass baby face that the audience just loves in Becky Lynch. And that's sort of the dynamic you've got. And I think that's, yeah, a, great, like,
0: I think that's a great comparison. Absolutely. if Mike Tyson could wrestle. That's the match that you would have had if Mr. T could wrestle. I guess you would have done Mr. T versus Hulk Hogan. Like if if Mr. T could actually carry on like a big, big match.
1: So this was great. This was the highlight of raw for me. um, And just felt like such a big match that you have set up coming out of it. Seth is backstage and Braun appears. You can still hear the crowd chanting Becky who's still in the ring. And Braun offers his hand. tells Seth he earned it last night. And tells him to go make the right choice and make it count at WrestleMania. Uh, They also aired this uh, feature um, where some of the talent went to the Make-A-Wish headquarters earlier in the day with this, uh, with Ryan, who was... Ryan Wright. Ryan Wright. Yep. And this, he walks into the headquarters and he goes to the front desk and he sees the back of these two chairs and they spin around with Sasha Banks and Seth Rollins. And this dude like just falls backwards onto the ground. It was like the greatest reaction ever. It Really was.
0: Oh yeah. my gosh. Felt so happy for this guy. I, he got I, to meet all his favorite wrestlers and then he got to go to Raw. I thought this was such a great video. Oftentimes like when when the WWE kind of like, you know, sh- uh, showcases its its a uh, uh philanthropic activity. Sometimes it feels a little heavy-handed, but um I, 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 You know, ultimately, I feel like they're, they they, they sh- absolutely should kind of mention a lot of those things because you get moments like this that felt incredibly genuine and felt wonderful for all the people involved.
1: I thought this and the UNICEF one that they showed were really nice, feel-good moments on the show mm-hmm. on Monday. Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre was our main event. Strowman charged at him on the floor, and he gets a drop kicked in the knee into the barricade. So McIntyre is working over the knee. Drew then shoves Braun into the post and Drew gets flipped off the apron onto his back on the floor. Crowd was very quiet here. Braun gets the steps and is attacked from behind by Baron Corbin for the DQ. And they were playing this up that this is Braun's revenge for these two shattering his elbow. Bobby Lashley no longer attached to this shattering of an elbow. So, after the match, Braun punches a chair into Corbin, sends him into the steps. Now the crowd is alive, chanting, get these hands. He runs Drew into the barricade with a shoulder block, shoulder tackles Corbin, but finally he gets stopped with a Claymore kick, and the two double choke slam Strowman onto the steel steps and leave Braun for dead. Mm-hmm. So I guess you're right. Uh, I-, I didn't even put two and two together that yeah, It seems likely Kurt Angle comes as his partner.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's you know they're both the two baby faces that were laid out on this show by um, Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin. I hope that this isn't you know everything that happens post post Rumble. I think we're we're all thinking might have some implication at Mania, but this to me just seems like it's something for the next pay per view. Um, we'll we'll see what Kurt Angle's involvement is.
1: Could you see Kurt and Drew McIntyre being
0: a WrestleMania match if you go full tilt with this Kurt Angle? Comeback story before today. I couldn't, but because they spent that focus on it in that interview, I could see them potentially, you know, uh, saving that time to tell that story.
1: Final segment, Brock and Paul Heyman come out. Heyman says that Lesnar is the main event of WrestleMania. Not after that segment with the women. And he calls the premise of tonight's show absurd because this should be the easiest decision of Rollins life. Easy to make choices when you don't have any options and Seth's only option is to go to WrestleMania and challenge Daniel Bryan. They'll have a great grappling match. A sports entertainment clinic. But the last thing anyone wants is to get into a fight with Brock Lesnar. And Seth Rollins interrupts Heyman's speech. He comes in. He has a face-off with Lesnar. And then he attacks the diverticulitis way. Goes right after it. Mm-hmm. He goes for the stomp, but he is stopped. And hit with an F5. Then another. And another. And another, and then a fifth F5 onto the title, and Seth is laid out on the mat, and he's against the ropes, and he yells at Lesnar, is that all you've got? And Brock comes back and hits a final F5 as they go off the air, leaving Seth laid out. Yeah. We didn't get a decision, so does that mean uh, it expired? He doesn't get the title match? It's
0: over. Right, yeah. We, so we have promo-
1: the promotional department is taking away his dream.
0: Yeah. Um, I I mean I I took his running out to attack Brock Lesnar as the decision. Um, but yeah, six F fives, F thirty, to Seth Rollins here. Uh, F thirty. Yeah, I love
1: it. The key, of course, he, he should he should hobble out on SmackDown and just say, "I'm picking Daniel Bryan." <laughs> Just selling like he's dead. That he's, got like, he's on crutches. Yeah, he's got like a, like a black
0: eye. Yeah. Ribs well, taped up. What was I thinking? <laughs> Awful idea. Oh, that's great. Um, Yeah, and no, all the key, of course, is that Seth Rollins um, at least uh, withstood five F5s to demand more from Brock Lesnar. So David Goliath all over again. And uh, yeah, I thought it was fine. What Seth needs is a is a pep talk.
1: He's got to unleash the pit bull within him. The pit bull. Oh, Vince! Vince has to come out and then tell him he has zero chance of beating Brock, and that's our
0: build up for WrestleMania. Oh, there' are no a, chance in hell. There are a lot of ways they could go with this, but um, on its own, like I think the Rumble was, you know, good enough to like put set set Seth Rollins off in, in a great deal of uh, momentum. And uh we'll see how they might screw it up in the two, three months that lie ahead. I think that the way to close this
1: out is Seth Rollins faces Brock, he wins, and that's the first time we see Roman Reigns who hugs Seth Rollins, the new champion. That's a
0: beautiful ending. Yeah. I think that's Absolutely. a great spot to do at WrestleMania. And the then first Kenny first Omega shows up with the elite and then uh, well, uh takes the bottle out. Yeah, Okada comes out, yeah and AEW invades all right that was raw um
1: yeah setting a lot of stuff up and also kind of leaving the universal title match semi open-ended but i think everyone sees that as the direction and now you've got to figure out the directions for the other champions for both the men and the women's title matches. I, I was a little, have lots of time to do that.
0: I was a little surprised that, uh, the, you know, Becky just came out and revealed the choice of Ronda Rousey tonight. I mean, it resulted in a very electric segment, but I thought, you know, part of the reason why she lost so cleanly to Oscar the night before was so that you can play around with this tease of her wanting to get, get after Oscar for that rematch. Um, we'll see how they handle it tomorrow. Cause I'm sure Becky and Oscar will. So there, there has to be some interaction or some mention of, you know, her losing. Right. And you need Charlotte's response
1: on Tuesday. That's so right. you've you've kind of got that as the hook for Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the way they did it tonight, and yeah, tomorrow we'll see what they do with Charlotte and and where they can go with that. So yeah,
0: I thought I thought this was a strong edition of Raw. You know, with uh, like it feels like there's a real energy coming off of the Royal Rumble anyway. But I thought uh, great segments for Ronda and Becky. Uh, I thought the Seth Rollins continuation of his build was was very strong as well. And even a fun Elias and Jeff Jarrett segment.
1: There was a lot of good stuff on Raw tonight. Um, I wasn't as hot on the on the Ronda Bailey match and you know Ronda's earlier promo, but I mean there the Ronda segment, the the one that counted was I thought hit it out of the park. I love that promo. It was great. All right, uh, shall we do feedback? And we also have the Royal Rumble pool to address. Let's do feedback.
0: Okay. We're gonna start things off with our. By the poll. way, the board. Yes. Oh, sorry. I thought you were you weren't gonna to go to it, but yeah. What did they vote? What did you give tonight's Show? I give it like a eight point two. The forum,
1: the fabulous forum, gives it a six point eight three. Okay. Let's go to Andrew from Cape Breton. Raw was another okay show. I don't want to be this fan that goes back in my day, kids. But back back in my day, kids, your world champion was this hugely important person and thought to be the best person in the company. In a two-belt era, and especially in an era where we willingly beat other champions into dust, it sucks seeing a presentation where someone says, take this world champion, he's weaker. And the worst part about that is, the person would be correct. The Survivor Series really did a number on SmackDown and the WWE title as a whole. Last night, the WWE title was the Death Spot match in front of a dead crowd. I know maybe they want to give that title to someone to... In- a talent, but it seems like having two belts like that makes the title and the talent seem like a lesser entity. I will give them credit in making Lesnar and the Universal title seem special, but he should be the one and only world champion and the final boss. But yeah, I like the Lynch Rousey stuff. Again, it sucks that they're competing for the women's title of a brand instead of the undisputed women's championship or something spectacular sounding like that. Five songs from the WWF Full Metal album
0: out of ten. Jalen for bickering best raw in a while with important programs getting off to strong starts. But if they're hinting at an Ambrose and triple H program, I'm going to need some convincing Their feud three years ago was the best thing of that mania season, but an older triple H as a baby face. And this disappointing heel Ambrose sounds like the recipe for great promos and a terrible match. I don't know if it even sounds like a recipe for great promos, but I didn't get the sense that that was the match.
1: I really didn't take that as, a long-term direction for WrestleMania. I don't think Dean's at the level at the moment that he would be my first pick either. Mm-hmm. And they've done no follow-up on that Dave Batista stuff that they they teased on that uh, SmackDown 1000 episode. Right. Paul from New Jersey. I can't stand Jeff Jarrett. He's always had go-away heat for me. However, I did thoroughly enjoy he and the Roadie. I'm not mad at Renee. I'm just disappointed. Such prolific characters like Double J, The Roadie, Mantar, and Aldo Montoya need to be preserved. Perhaps she needs a crash course on mid-90s wrestling from Dean Douglas. Pretty enjoyable episode of Raw. I've seen way worse.
0: Is he mad because Rene didn't know the words to the song? I guess so. I, yes. don't, I barely know the words to the song. Spend my days. It wasn't a big hit up here in Canada. Man, shit. I don't know the rest. I'm sorry. Tim from Alabama. First off, I want to congratulate John and Way on a great Royal Rumble post-show last night. Well, thank you. Now, when it comes to Raw tonight, the only two things that truly got me excited were seeing Jeff Jarrett again tonight after the Rumble and seeing Becky Lynch completely school Ronda in their promo tonight. I truly feel like Ronda didn't know how to react to the crowd while they were chanting for Becky. If WWE is smart, they will keep this a one-on-one match in the main event of WrestleMania. Have Charlotte go for the SmackDown Women's Champion Championship against Asuka. Why did they have Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan come to Raw to just do a backstage promo? Did they truly think that anyone would buy into Seth choosing Bryan over Lesnar for his WrestleMania match? Five Mojo Rawley mirror promos out of ten. All right, Roger from Cincinnati. The man was intense in her promo
1: tonight, and although she gave it a good effort, Ronda just couldn't match Becky on the mic. With the heat that Rousey got, will they turn her heel in this feud or still book her as a smiling babyface in typical stubborn WWE fashion? I'm assuming this also means it will be Becky and Ronda one-on-one at Mania, but we still have plenty of time to somehow add Charlotte. I would prefer just Becky and Ronda, but I wouldn't be fully against a triple threat. As for Rollins, he never made his decision. I wonder if he's still being F5 as I type this. Uh, I totally disagree about that. I thought Ronda was great, and what I like about Ronda is that she can flip that switch. That you get, um, you get regular friendly Ronda, and then you get intense, competitor Ronda Rousey as well.
0: And mm-hmm. I, I thought she was great tonight. I agree it, with that promo, with that particular promo. Well, I mean, even like when she was flustered at the beginning, it ultimately worked to the pro, like to the segment's benefit. This was like it showcased how much the crowd was behind Becky Lynch, so much so that they threw Ronda Rousey off of what you came out here to say. To me, like that made a bigger statement than anything Ronda could have said. Uh, also here, WWE has put up a video uh, with
1: Ember Moon that she suffered an elbow injury that will require immediate surgery. So that is what oh. the WWE um, has put a video up. So oh, we'll
0: try and uh, find out more. Terrible timing. To have surgery. Uh, we got an Ari from Montreal who says all I could say is that there's no chance that Rousey versus Becky shouldn't main event Mania. I also see that Becky's transformation to Stone Cold is complete with the knee brace. Also, it's currently minus eighteen. Okay, everybody, no, please, no knee. Uh, we get it. There, it's very cold. It's not even cute anymore. I'm so sick of knowing how cold it is where you. You should live. block. You should block people now. Oh man. We've just a block party.
1: Yeah. Ed in Charleston, South Carolina heavy on the heat tonight as Balor, Braun and Rollins all got beat up by their likely mania opponents. Braun still feels diminished from last year's heel turn and Balor has little chance of benefiting from a Lashley feud. Rollins could have a crisis of confidence after getting smashed over and over again, which is the right story to tell with Brock being off screen for the majority of the build. Ambrose is lost right now. He needs to get away from Rollins. If this heel character is going to have any chance. Last thing I'm continuously amazed at how well Ronda does so well with so little time in wrestling. She isn't great at anything yet, but she's gotten better with every match, and the emotion behind her promos feels authentic, even if the words themselves are inconsistent. That being said, anyone against Becky is going to be booed out of every building from
0: here to MetLife Stadium. Absolutely. Tyler from Orlando. It felt like a bit of raw than usual tonight. I noticed Dash Wilder kissing goodbye to the crowd. This follows his tweet last night that only included a waving emoji. Maybe I'm looking too much into it. I can't believe Tamina is going to be in an elimina- elimination chamber. Rhonda cannot seem to cut a promo when the crowd is reacting in a way she didn't expect. Question for the elimination chamber. Do you see it being Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan or Ruby with one of the two? Um, you know, They did say Freebird rule, didn't they? Yeah, so
1: I, I could see Ruby being one of them and then, you know, pick your pick your other one. I, I, I don't really have a, a preference. Me neither. All right, thanks everybody for your feedback. Let's go on over to the Royal Rumble pool. And before we start, as always, a very big thank you to Chris
0: Engler, the man who punched all the numbers and he did this figured fast. Out. He did this like an hour. Like this, we got we got this email like an hour after the Rumble just wrapped. Yeah, this is a
1: uh, always incredible work that uh, Chris does for us. This year in the pool, we had eight hundred and 77 entrants, and we had to find who was the one, and before we announce the winners, um, let's look at some of these stats here, so 80% of you correctly chose Seth Rollins as the men's winner, 47% picked Becky Lynch, 0%, not one person chose Jeff Jarrett to be number two, 5% of people chose Natalia to be number two in the women's rumble, 9% of you chose Randy Orton as number 29. 14% chose Nia Jax as number 29. For the longest time in the men's match, 61% of you chose Seth Rollins, who lasted 43 minutes. And the shortest time was No Way Jose, who 12 of you chose. The first elimination in the men's rumble was Jeff Jarrett. Again, zero people chose that. And the last man to be eliminated in the men's rumble was Braun Strowman, with 8% of the people choosing him. Our surprises were Alistair Black, Jeff Jarrett, Johnny Gargano, and Pete Dunne. And then the women's surprises were Candice LeRae, Io Shirai, Cassie Catanzaro, Kyrie Sane, Rhea Ripley, and
0: Zaya Lee. Yeah, so, we we would have counted Nia Jax, too, for the men's, but nobody chose her. So, we have our top three finishers. But before,
1: I like this addition. We have the Zero Club. <laughs> I think we've got to name them, correct? Uh sure. <laughs> Should we cast shame on those that got zero points in the rumble or
0: is that too mean? No, come on. This show is all about making fun of No, problems.
1: you Those that are part of the zero club, you are you are part of a very close knit fraternity. Own this. Yeah. This is your moment to to truly take this and represent as the inaugural class
0: into the zero club. We only of the Royal Rumble pool. We only remember the person who lasted the longest and the person who lasted the shortest in the rumble. So, uh, please, who is who are the inaugural members of the Zero Club?
1: Yes, yeah, with the the famous saying, "If you're gonna miss, miss by a mile, not by an inch." Our entrance are Amy Infinger, Blaine, Blaine, <laughs> Corey Sh- Lan- Blaine Shakui, Shakui. That's sure. Corey Landega. Dave Stewart, I don't know if that's the former Blue Jays and Oakland Athletics pitcher, Eric McCluskey, Matt Chamois, and Guy. Just Guy. So I guess maybe he went into this not fully confident and didn't want to disclose his name.
0: Guy also just submitted single letters for each response for some reason. (laughs) I didn't even read that. (laughs) Awesome
1: job. Also, my favorite uh, is... The strange spellings that we get for some of the entrants. We had Natasha Neidhart, Naya Jazz, <laughs> Sean Rollins, Seth Rawlings, R-A-W-L-I-N-G-S, Brains Strowman. That, that's an actual character. Brains Stroman? Yeah, it's his alter ego. Oh, okay. No Way Jose, spelled with an H instead of a J. It was no the, way
0: no way hose.
1: No way hose. And the best one. <laughs> Bucky Lunch. Put it on a t shirt. Bucky Lunch. All right. Now for the winners. In third place with sixty points. This is out of a, a maximum of one hundred and thirty four. Sixty points. Number three, Jim Farone, who gets the bronze medal. Number two, with 64 points, Daniel Dunn. Oh, well done, Daniel. And number one, just winning by one point with 65, your post-wrestling Royal Rumble pool champion,
0: Marcus. Marcus. Marcus W. We'll just say. I don't Marcus know. W. I don't he know.
1: didn't disclose his last name, although it's here in his email, but we will just refer to him as Marcus
0: with a K. Yes, congratulations, Marcus. Congratulations to everybody who's finished uh, with good results. Or awful results in the case of the Zero Club. Sure. Uh, Special mention to Daniel Fox, who was the only person to accurately guess the exact time of the Men's World Rumble, which was how long, John? uh, 57 minutes, 23 seconds. Yes. So awesome job.
1: Checking out the uh, the exact time. So there you go. Those are our winners of the Royal Rumble pool. We will be getting in touch with the three winners and and tell them receiving. what they won. John, you have won a post wrestling prize pack for the winner and for second and third. Which is what? Well, you you tell me, way. What, What's in the post wrestling pi- prize pack? Well, the post wrestling prize pack comes out of your. Home.
0: So, I don't even know what's at our disposal. (laughs) Oh, okay. Got it. Yes. So, you'll get a t-shirt, you'll get some stickers, and even a postcard. And that goes for everybody. But what does the grand prize winner get? Hello? The winner gets a... (laughs) We're making this up on the spot. Are you looking around your office right now? I, I was. I was scanning the entire room here.
1: I was going to give the prize pack to the winner, so you're really oh, putting me okay. on the spot here. Shit, so the okay, second and I'm third sorry. ones are get Well, we've we've now promised them a prize pack. We can't really uh, go back on that. We should have really uh, talked about this before. Yeah, we definitely should have. We we always, always do this. And then we always say we should really uh, figure this out ahead of time. Tuesday we will announce what we're giving oh, for the winner. On, just but, pick an know. item. Pick something. Like, you have so much... I for. don't have anything. What am I going to give? Um... <laughs>
0: Can we buy them lunch? I don't know. Can we uh I think this guy might live in Germany, so uh Germany. Well he's got a German email address, so Okay. I, I've got a bunch of stuff, but it's in another room. We'll buy so, you we'll buy him lunch in Germany. We'll buy him a bucky lunch. How about that? <laughs> so Marcus, congratulations. You win lunch on us. A bucky lunch. A bucky lunch. Okay. We'll we'll figure
1: out what that consists of. Don't you worry, Marcus. You will be compensated. All right. That's gonna bring an end to the show. Is there anything to uh, close off with way?
0: No, that's it. Tune in tomorrow where we'll have a huge edition of the double shot on post wrestling cafe as well. Rewind to SmackDown. Cannot wait to speak with all of you again. Busy week
1: as always at post wrestling. You can get the schedule and all of your latest news at PostWrestling.com. and you can join post wrestling cafe.com. Many cafe exclusives this week beyond the double shot. You'll also get the cafe hangout rewind away and the new beginning post show coming up on Sunday. So that's it for us, and we will speak with you on Tuesday night.